0: I thank God for all who have led us in worship today and that we have the lights on again this weekend. I thank God for all of you who are joining us in person and all of you who are worshiping with us online as well. I hope you're reading along with us in our New Testament challenge. Uh, This week, we will be right through uh, kind of the heart of Romans, Romans chapter 4 and following. If you're reading along with us, I hope you're enjoying and benefiting from reading Holy Scripture. Of course, Uh, Next Sunday I want you to know we're going to begin a new sermon series called Head Scratchers, Jesus's Surprising Stories. We're going to be looking at many of the parables that Jesus told and how they uh, prompt us to think and reflect and act. So I hope you'll enjoy that starting next Sunday and running uh, through the rest of the summer. But today I want to conclude a sermon series in which we are listening to the prophets. Today I want to draw your attention to a beautiful passage the prophecy of Hosea, I'll read Hosea 11. I'm going to focus on verses 1 through 9. So I'll read those verses from the New Revised Standard Version. And the title of my sermon is Images of Grace. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. The more I called them, the more they went from me. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and offering incense to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with bands of love. I was to them like those who lift infants to their cheeks. I bent down to them, and fed them. They shall return to the land of Egypt and Assyria shall be their king because they have refused to return to me. The sword rages in their cities. It consumes their oracle priests and devours because of their schemes. My people are bent on turning away from me. To the most high they call, but he does not raise them up at all. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my fierce anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim. For I am God and no mortal, the Holy One in your midst. And I will not come in wrath. Let us pray. Lord God, in this preaching moment, I simply ask that you would help me to speak your word. Help them to hear your word. And Lord, help us all to do your word. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The other night, I saw an old photo album in the corner of the room. So I walked over, picked it up, and flipped through it for a few minutes. Inside were images from the late 1990s and early 2000s, pictures from when I was in college, pictures from when I was a youth minister, pictures of trips I have taken, pictures of family holiday gatherings. As I reviewed the photos and reminisced in my mind, I felt momentarily transported. Pictures can move us. They can move us to another place in time. They can move us to remember to be nostalgic or to be sentimental. They can move us to smile or shed a tear. Pictures can move us to recall the good old days or good old friends or special times in life such as graduations, weddings, and unforgettable sunsets. Pictures can even move us to express gratitude To renew commitments, to change our current mindset, or to do something. In fact, after I finished flipping through the photo album, I was moved to reach out to someone by text message. Maybe it's because I love pictures, but when I look at today's scripture, I feel like I'm flipping through a photo album like a prophet with a camera for a pen. Hosea captures image after image of God's grace. As we look through Hosea's photo album this morning, we will see many wonderful pictures of grace. But we will also see pictures of God's people that are not so flattering. We might have a tendency to delete or toss out unflattering pictures, but scripture retains them because even in those moments, God's grace endures. Photo number one, when Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt, I called my son. In this picture, God is shown as a loving parent. According to Bible scholar Douglas Stewart, the Hebrew term translated love here conveys deep affection for the child and loyalty to the child. Verse 1 shows that when Israel had done nothing to deserve it, God liberated them from Egypt in the Exodus, making Israel God's beloved child. God called them out of Egypt and saved them from tyranny because God loved them with deep affection and unbending loyalty. The first image of grace features God the loving parent with little child Israel. Photo number two, they kept sacrificing to the Baals and offering incense to idols. This is not a pretty picture. This is one of those shots you look back on and regret. After God's transcendent display of parental love, the child responds with ingratitude, disloyalty, and faithlessness. Israel is caught on camera worshiping false gods. Instead of worshiping the God who loved them and saved them, they were offering sacrifices to Canaanite deities and burning incense to idols. While the parent has been amazingly good to the child, the child turns away and goes astray. This is an image of idolatry with a caption that reads, Israel the rebellious child photo number three yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk this is a heartwarming uh, picture have you ever seen a father teaching his young child how to walk he often gets behind the child and leans way down and takes the child by the hands And walks with the child slowly, holding him up, keeping him from falling. Although Israel turns away in rebellion, God, like a loving father, teaches Israel to walk. God guides Israel, empowers Israel, helps Israel, steadies Israel, and shows Israel the way. Israel was stumbling but God would not let the child fall. God responds to disobedience with caring and corrective guidance. This is another image of grace. Photo number four, I took them up in my arms. Although Israel rebels, God, like a caring mother, takes Israel into the divine arms, loving them no matter what. Have you ever seen an attentive mother scoop up her child and hold the little one tightly in her arms? That's what God does. God cradles Israel, a picture of tender grace. I once saw a a child approaching a dangerous road a very dangerous road uh, when suddenly his mother ran and scooped him up into her arms to keep him safe and sound she held him close in her embrace can you think of a time in your own life when God picked you up and cradled you carried you through a difficult situation photo number five I bent down to them and fed them here God lowers the almighty divine self toward the ground in order to feed a disobedient child God leans over from on high to supply sustenance for a rebellious kid. This is a reference to the 40-year period when Israel wandered in the wilderness, mumbling and grumbling against God. Yet God provided manna from heaven for them to eat during that time in the wilderness, and God also provided quail to satisfy their hunger. Even when Israel does nothing right, God lovingly provides for them. Yet again, it is an image of grace. Israel's portfolio, on the other hand, is not very impressive. In verses 5 through 7, Israel brings destruction on itself by refusing to turn to God. The sword rages in their cities, we read. Israel punishes itself with its own sin. This is often how God's judgment works according to Holy Scripture. God simply allows us to reap the consequences of our disobedience. Verse 7 encapsulates God's assessment of Israel. My people are bent on turning away from me. There's the doctrine of sin in a nutshell. My people are bent on turning away from me. Would their persistent iniquity move God to give them up? Would their penchant for going astray lead God to abandon them? Would their tendency to do what they want instead of what God wants cause God to? to forsake them? Would their disrespect for God prompt God to disown them? No way. In verses 8 through 9, God says, How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my fierce Anger, for I am God and no mortal, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. If there's one image of God that Hosea does not want us to miss, it's this one in verses 8 through 9. Amen. This is the picture that stands out among all the rest on the reel. This is the picture you take back to the print shop to get enlarged. This is the one that you get a frame for and hang it on your wall. This is the one you put on your computer desktop. This is the one you use for the home screen on your phone. My compassion grows warm and tender. Although God rightly gets angry at sin, ultimately God is a God of compassion. God is a God of love. God is a God of grace. God's love is never earned, merited, or deserved, but always a free gift offered to the unworthy. That's why we call it grace. According to a law in Deuteronomy chapter 21, parents of rebellious children had the right to have their kids stoned to death but God does no such thing with God's rebellious child you see God's grace constitutes God's very essence God is the Holy One precisely because God comes in compassion when wrath is what God's children deserve. God comes in kindness when condemnation is what God's children deserve. God comes in tender love when harsh punishment is what God's children deserve. Now that is a picture of grace. But if we look closely, it's not the final Picture of grace that this passage has to offer. Hosea takes one picture that does not fully come into focus until the New Testament, like a Polaroid that's slow to develop. You no. Know, this image takes some time before we can see it. In Matthew chapter 2 finally. Mary and Joseph took the baby Jesus from Bethlehem to Egypt in order to escape Herod's wrath. Matthew 2.15 says this happened to fulfill Hosea's prophecy. Out of Egypt I called my son. Sure enough after Herod died and the danger had passed, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus came out of Egypt and back into Israel. In Matthew's gospel, therefore, the Son of God is no longer rebellious Israel. It is Jesus Christ who obeys his Father perfectly. How appropriate for this Hosea text to appear in the New Testament. How fitting for the Gospel story to cite Hosea 11. Hosea 11 might not have the name of Jesus Christ written in it, but it has the grace of Jesus Christ written all over it. It's not just Hosea 11:1 that's fulfilled in Matthew 2:15. It's the prophecy of God's grace in all of Hosea 11 that's fulfilled in the entire gospel story. When God came to us in human form, God came just as Hosea said, not in wrath, but in compassion. If ever there were a picture of grace with perfect composition, flawless focus, and just the right lighting, it is Jesus Christ. Colossians 1:15 says, "He is the image of the invisible God." Now, some accused Jesus of having a demon or being a drunk. Some mocked him and spat on him. Some disrespected him and criticized him. Some opposed him and conspired against him. Some beat him and humiliated him. Some whipped him and tortured him and in response he asked God to forgive them and he died for their salvation the image of Christ on the cross is the consummate picture of grace while we were yet sinners says Paul Christ died for us Our sins are mighty, to be sure, but all of our sins combined are like a drop next to the ocean of grace God pours out through the cross. Like Israel, we too are God's children, and we too mess up. If Hosea were taking pictures today, he would get some shots of us that are not very flattering, Even when we try earnestly to do God's will, we still fall short of God's glory. But no matter what bad things we have done, and no matter what good things we have left undone, God's grace is sufficient for us. There's nothing in our past that can keep us from God's grace. There's nothing in our present that can keep us from God's grace. There's nothing in our future that can keep us from God's grace as long as we receive it by faith in Christ. God's grace can wash away any stain. We're not God's children because we deserve it or we've earned it. We're God's children because while we do not deserve it. God has adopted us by grace through faith in Christ. John 1 says to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the power to become children of God. That is what we are. And as God's beloved children, our future with God depends not on our own goodness, but on God's unfailing grace. Paul writes in Romans 5, where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. God's grace is God's defining characteristic. It is as eternal as God. Hosea shows us as much by presenting image after image of grace. These pictures of grace can move us. These pictures can move us to repent of our rebelliousness and to turn to God They can move us to live in gratitude to God for all the good things God has done for us. They can move us to praise God. They can move us to trust God. They can move us to live in obedience to our Father in heaven. They can move us to be faithful to the God who is always faithful to us. They can move us to walk with the God who teaches us How to walk. They can move us to show compassion for others as God has shown compassion for us. They can move us to be gracious to others as God has been so gracious to us. They can move us to love others as God has so extravagantly loved us. They can move us to take holy action in response to the Holy One in our midst who does not come in wrath but rather comes in compassion. In short, the grace of God can move us to become pictures of grace ourselves. When I flip through Hosea 11, I really do feel like I'm flipping through a photo album filled with pictures of grace. My hope is that when people see photos of what's happening here at Second Baptist Church, they'll get a similar feeling amen if you have never put your faith in christ would you come forward today and trust him as your lord and savior if you have never been baptized won't you come forward and present yourself to be baptized if you would like to join second baptist church we would gladly welcome you as a new member you can come forward and speak with me up front during this last song. Or if you just want to respond by reflecting on the marvelous grace of God or singing praise with our musicians as they lead us in the last song of the service, let us respond now as the Holy Spirit leads.